It's the 10th of April, 2021. Today there was an ordination. One person uh, from Ireland came to ordain as a novice. And uh, they had this intention to come, uh, to take ordination uh, eventually as uh, as a monk, as a bhikkhu in the Buddhasasana. Uh, but there's a training period first uh, to have a period of time as an Anagarika taking the eight precepts and then as a novice before this. And so uh, novice uh, Marcus has already spent uh, quite a lot of time taking uh, or practicing with the eight precepts as an Anagarika at uh, Sunyata uh, Center in Ireland for a number of years already and already has uh, sufficient knowledge about the monastic rules and uh, ways of life. And uh, so he's come here and has spent two weeks in quarantine before coming to the monastery due to the COVID situation, and today just received ordination as a novice. And uh, so... This practice um, and becoming a novice, uh, that everyone who takes up ordination like this, um, they get the five meditation objects from the preceptor, that of hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, and skin, of kesa, loma, naka, danta, tacho. And this kamatana, and something that all monks and novices receive, something that we all need to study so that we gain an understanding of it. So coming to ordain shows that people who can do this have seen the danger in the cycle of sangsara and have developed their nekama barami, this barami of uh, relinquishment, coming to train their minds. So coming to ordain, we've brought our bodies out of the worldly ways, just like a log which is in a body of water, uh, that when we bring that onto dry land, um, then it's no longer in the water and it uh, receives sunlight and it gets blown on by the wind. And slowly but surely it becomes dry. We're able to light that log on fire and it can give us heat. And so it's the same with ordaining, that initially we bring our bodies out of worldly ways. What's left is uh, this mind of ours. We need to train these minds because it's natural that they'll be thinking uh, a lot. They have these um, intentions or proliferations in them that towards sensuality, towards ill will and harming. So we need to study and get to know about these five meditation objects uh, because our minds, they do have a certain knowledge and they do have an understanding, but this knowledge and understanding is wrong. It's uh, skewed and distorted. So we need to gain um, an understanding that is in line with truth, seeing because we we have these wrong, wrong understandings, seeing this body 
whether our bodies or the bodies of others, as being something beautiful. We have this kind of view. And this is because when we see people's bodies, we don't see inside of them. All we're seeing is the skin. We don't see underneath that. Just like how when we see a building or a home, a stupa or a dharma hall, we just see the outer surface of that. We just see the paint. But if we look inside of that building uh, to what makes it up, um, then we can look underneath that paint and we see all the bricks and the steel and the sand there underneath. And so these bodies are similar. That if we look underneath the skin, then what we'll find are bones. These are the strong parts of the body. And then all the different organs like the heart, the kidneys, the liver, the brain. There's the intestines, there's all the blood vessels. And there's the vein of the nerves as well. And these uh, connect up to the brain. But if we look just externally, then all we see is the skin. And it's easy for the mind to, to like this, to find attraction uh, towards that, to see it as being something beautiful. And nowadays, um, it's, this is even more so. And why is that? It's because of the development, the evolution of things like makeup and perfume, that people dress themselves up um, even more beautifully than they did before. And these um, cover over um, the truth of these bodies. And this is even more the case when we see images that come to us through smartphones uh, because we don't know what kind of, um, kind of dressing or how, how these things have uh, been improved uh, through technology. And this can make people even more deluded than they were before. And perhaps in the future we won't want to see anyone's real face um, in person because they just don't look as beautiful as they do through phones. So when we take up the eight precepts, um, then this goes against this tendency. We have this precept of nacha gita viduta visukadasana, of not um, ordaining the body with jewelry or putting on cosmetics. And there's also the precepts against going and watching shows and listening to music. And so this is contained within these eight precepts. And the novice has these and uh, within the ten precepts as well. So these are something that we need to think about and contemplate. Uh, this hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth and skin go through this back and forth. Of Kesa Loma Naka Danta Tacho needs to gain an understanding of these things, these things that cover over the body, see that they're not beautiful. That if we peel off the skin on our heads, um, then we see that the skull, it's just like an overturned bowl. And there's all the blood vessels there, all the blood underneath the skin. And this blood, it flows down to all the different parts of the body, it goes down to our, our arms and our hands, our legs and our feet, and to the stomach. And wherever we take off the skin, then we'll meet with blood. Because this blood, it flows throughout the entire body. And as that blood leaves the body, then it starts to go bad. And it gives off um, the smell of 
of kind of raw flesh. Underneath that, there's the bones, and there's all the different organs, the heart, the liver, the kidneys. And these are all the many things which the body contains inside of it. There's a huge number of things, and none of them are beautiful. So we do need to contemplate in this way so that our hearts become full of ease through seeing that this body is not beautiful. And so when they see this, what they're seeing is in line with truth. And the delusion of the heart gets pulled out. The mind becomes very bright. Joy arises because we've seen into the truth. And so we practice in this way. But in the beginning, we may not be able to contemplate effectively. So what we need to do is bring up memories. Memories about how the body is not beautiful. We can ask ourselves, well, in what way is this thing uh, unattractive? We see that we we'll ask ourselves, why do we need to bathe so often? If we don't wash our clothes, then what will they be like? Why do we need to wash our towels? And see that all the things that come into contact with the body, they all lose their value. It's like if there's a very special um, and very expensive dish of food that was cooked by a very skilled uh, chef. But as soon as that fruit enters into our mouth, it loses all of its value because of all the bacteria there within our mouths. So we contemplate, we reflect in this way that the clothes that we put on, the robes that we wear, they weren't disgusting before touching this body. But when they meet with the body, then they become something disgusting. The food is the same, our lodgings are the same, the medicines we use are the same. And so we see this body as being something not beautiful. It's like how when we shave our heads, and if just one strand of that hair um, falls into a glass of clean water, then immediately it becomes dirty. That was which was clean becomes filthy. So it shows that this body really is something that is dirty, that the hair is not clean, and it's got all this oil um, covering it. And uh, so we really should um, contemplate like this and see that the body is not beautiful or attractive in this way. When we peel off the skin, then there's just redness underneath. The whole body is red. There's blood flowing all through it. And it gives off a smell as well, this very unclean smell. And we'll get that just from ourselves. If we peel off our own skin, it'll stink. And uh, if we don't wash these bodies for just one day, then they start to smell. If we don't brush our teeth for just one day, they start giving off a smell as well. And then uh, if we peel off the skin, then there's that smell of raw flesh um, that's there under the skin. If there are many people sitting next to each other, and but they don't have any skin on them, then there'll be a very pungent odor. It won't smell good at all. But all the people who wear perfume, they're covering over this truth. So those who take up these eight precepts, they don't get involved in that. They don't use perfume. They don't use makeup. And it's easier to see the body in its real state, to see the old age there, to see how it's something that changes, to see how it's something that's unattractive. 
So we should all contemplate like this. And novices, they have these weapons, a weapon that their preceptor has given them. And these weapons are these five meditation objects which can quell the uh, delight that we find in bodies that can correct all the distorted perceptions that we've had for such a long time already. Uh, the Upajai has given us these weapons of Dhamma to fight against the uh, feelings that the Kilesas push up. And so we contemplate and we gain clarity and our minds gain uh, brightness through this because we've seen into the truth, seen into reality that it really is this way. And so we contemplate very frequently. And uh, lay people um, can do this as well. Uh, use these methods of contemplation too. And as we do this, then the heart grows dispassioned. It becomes weary. And it gains stillness and inner clarity. And when it's reached the state of stillness, um, then we can see the body with even greater clarity, see as it falls apart. See it has just been a collection of elements that disband, and there's emptiness there within. Knowledge arises that there isn't really a me or a mind there. These aren't things that are beautiful, they're just a collection of elements, they're all empty. And here is where we gain understanding into the Dhamma. In the beginning it might be quite difficult, however, but we should see that contemplating in this way brings us great benefit. And contemplating into the body like this, um, seeing it as being something unattractive. And through doing this, what we're doing is drinking the ambrosia or the elixir of immortality. And this is that, the drink, the elixir, which uh, brings us to the deathless. We don't die. And what that means is that the heart doesn't get born. And so it doesn't die. Because if we do get born, then we'll need to meet with death. And so if we contemplate and see clearly, um, then we're gaining the deathless. And it's not actually that we don't die, rather what's happening is that we don't is that the mind doesn't get born. It's able to abandon these things and rise above the world, turn into Lokutara. So we should train ourselves in contemplating like this regularly. Contemplate um, as we're doing walking meditation, as we're doing sitting meditation. Go over these meditation objects of Kesa, Loma, Naka, Danta, Tacho. These are also things which can uh, relieve the sleepiness that we can feel as well. If we're sitting there and we're feeling drowsy, then we should open up our eyes. We can chant over Itipiso, the recollection of the qualities of the Buddha, or go over hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, and skin. Uh, but we shouldn't just allow this drowsiness to overcome our hearts. And perhaps we can ask a friend to help us out as well. That if they see us in a drowsy state, then they should tell us that we're sleepy. And if a friend does this, then that shows that they're a good friend. So we can help each other out. We can practice together like this. So we should really train and take it on for real.
And uh, as we do this every single day, then we contemplate every day and we see more and more clearly every day as well, see into this body. There was one time I was staying in Blopuri province. There was an elderly monk who had passed away. And uh, before he died, he decided that he would give his body to the monks as an object of contemplation. And so he allowed his body to just uh, decay, or uh, said uh, for the other monks to just allow it to decay. And uh, we all went to have a look. And we saw as this body started to uh, disintegrate and decay. And uh, look at what happened to the robes as well as uh, they covered this decaying body. And this image really stuck there in my mind. So these mental images, they can come up in meditation. We may see the body without any skin and see all the blood and things there underneath. And the image can be so strong that we may feel like we want to vomit. And this can happen, these nimitas can come up. But it's also possible in the beginning that we don't see uh, nimitas like this. So we need to bring up mental images uh, that come from memory and carry on doing this until we see the body clearly. And then when it reaches a peaceful state, we'll be able to pull out the delusion, all these distorted perceptions that we have, taking this body as being beautiful, for instance. And the more we see the body as something unattractive, the more beautiful the heart becomes. We carry on doing this, carry on seeing it in this way, and, uh, and then we'll see even deeper into the body, see it just arise and cease. See that truly there isn't a self there, there's no me, there's no them. That this body is unstable, it's unsatisfactory, it's not self. Here the heart turns pure, as purity and brightness arise within it. So may all of you really try to do this, try to practice in this way, and do this continuously. And through doing this, what we're doing is we're ordaining our hearts. Because sometimes, for some people, they don't ordain as a monk or as a novice, and they ask, is it still possible to see the Dhamma? So what I ask for you is to ordain your hearts, to use these meditation objects to bring the mind to stillness, to peace. And when it reaches this place of stillness and of peace, there's no monk there, there's no layperson there. All there is is a mind that's with its meditation object. The mind reaches stillness and this real profound uh, state of peace. And there's no monk there. There's no layperson there. There's no male. There's no female. All there is is inner stillness and inner clarity. In the stillness, the samadhi is what's able to suppress the defilements. Uh, the things which we attach to, this uh, sakaya ditti, uh, silabhata paramasa, and the other one I can't think of. Um, so self you attachment to rites and rituals and skeptical doubt. Um, when the mind is peaceful, then it's able to see through these things. Seeing the body as not being beautiful, as it just being a collection of elements that disbands. And here the mind turns bright through its understanding. 
And we see that really this is the path that does take us to seeing the Dhamma, to attaining to the Dhamma. So we contemplate, and then the mind gathers together, and light arises, clear knowledge arises. So in ordaining, whether we're taking the five precepts, the eight precepts, the 227 precepts, what's important is to have a meditation object. Just like these five meditation objects, we use this as the basis of our practice. And we also have hearts which are imbued with kindness and compassion as the foundation of our hearts as well. That we don't wish to harm any beings. We want for all beings to experience happiness. There's no wish to um, cause damage to one another. And then we call, then we come to contemplate and the mind can see clearly. See this body as just being a bag of maggots, a bag of blood, a bag of bones, this very thin layer of skin that forms this bag. And all it takes is just to prick it in just one place and it breaks. Perhaps we'll see the body very clearly like this, that there's no me there, there's no mind there. We gain this clarity of knowledge, seeing it in this way. Our own bodies are like this. Other people's bodies are like this. See that all people, once they're born, they have to grow old. They have to get sick. They have to die. That these bodies are not beautiful. These bodies are not me. They're not mine. They're not other. And the more we see this, the more subtle and refined the mind come, uh, becomes. And then we're able to see that whatever it is that we attach to, that thing and that act of attachment will bring us suffering. If there's a lot of inner energy, then we can contemplate in this way. We're able to abandon our attachments like this. But if the mind doesn't have so much energy, then we need to come back to the foundations of the practice to build up goodness and skillfulness, merit and use this goodness as the foundation of our practice. Train our minds to come to peace, to be firmly settled in samadhi. So today there was this novice ordination that took place, but this was just an ordination in terms of conventions. We ordain people conventionally as a monk, as a novice. But what we need to do is to ordain again. And what that means is, to see the Dhamma. So it's possible for lay people to ordain. It's possible for lay people to become monks. And uh, this initial ordination, the one of conventions, what this gives us is time, time to practice. The lay people, through their faith, through their kindness, uh, support the monks. And so uh, we also gain the support through the Bharami of the Buddha. And we take on these robes for the sake of bringing Nibbāna to clarity within ourselves. We take on these robes, we ordain for the sake of Nibbāna, of reaching Nibbāna. So therefore, we already have this firm intention. And so in this life, we need to take this practice for real. Uh, we need to really take it on to be intent every day, throughout the day, um, no matter what we're doing, if we're just walking about, then we should be reciting Kesa, Loma, Naka, Danta, Tacho, keeping these meditation objects there. Or if we feel more familiar with 
uh, the recollection of the Buddha, it be so, we should do that a lot, chant that a lot, so that our minds do come to peace. And then contemplate, seeing clearly the nature of the body, destroying these wrong perceptions in our hearts. So may all of you sincerely practice and train in this way. Do it like this. Carry on. Don't stop. Do it every single day. It may be difficult, but we've met with this path already. This path that brings the mind to purity. And it's tough um, because of all the habits of our hearts. They have this habit to get involved in attraction towards sensuality, involved in wishing harm, in ill will. They have these intentions there. So we should bring up right intention, uh, that of relinquishment, relinquishing this desire for sensuality, of non-ill will, of non-aversion. And these three right intentions, they come from right view. And so we train together in this way, whether we're novices, monks, or lay people. And uh, you see that there are many um, novices, and those who ordain just as young children, that they were able to practice and to attain to the Dhamma. There are many, many cases of this. And so may you be sincere in training in this way, in order to correct the distorted perceptions in your heart, in order to destroy this delusion which has been embedded in the mind for such a very long time already. And so you have this very good fortune and to have been in Ireland and to have met with the monks who were there for the rains retreat. You've also passed through many experiences in the world, enough to see that the world is, some, is a place that's very chaotic, that's very stirred up, it's not peaceful at all. And so you've come to train, to practice. So may you set your heart, your heart well on this path. If, um, and for the monks who have taken full ordination already, uh, no matter how long you've been monks, you should always make yourself as a new monk, as someone who's newly ordained, and take on this practice to the best of your energy. <laughs>